Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Once again, my hair is a different color. New one every week, tune in. Um, another episode where the dragon part of Dungeons and Dragons was very much evident to what I can only assume was the delight of the players as the Shields of Twilight headed back into the wilderness in search of a hidden temple. They found themselves in a labyrinth full of mist and magic and mystery and clearings full of creepy singing and a weird pile of bones. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, the party attempting to reach the center of the maze while Perry tried to find her, her own center um, and channel the natural magic that she has spent so long being afraid of. And then there was a dragon. <laughs> It was pretty cool. It was big. It was mean. It was green. Um, it got everybody a little toasty, but thankfully didn't eat anybody. Uh, the party exited that battle exhausted and injured, but victorious and curious to see what comes next. Um, they are, you know, we will see what Coralon does next week, I suppose. Anyway, so... Uh, we're also curious, and we're going to be having some fun speculating about all of that starting in just a few minutes, and then later on we're going to be talking about making D&D accessible to everyone who wants to play. Yay! Uh, as always, stick around after the stream for links, charities, resources, etc. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Joining me today, we've got two wonderful guests, uh, two familiar faces. We have got Chad, who plays Quinn, and we have got Tick, who plays Sinric, uh, which rhymes. I just realized that. Anyway, hi, guys. Um, so more dragons in an absolutely marathon session. What's the damage this time? Um, mostly draconic and also sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah, also, what yeah. time was it, like, when you guys ended? Um, well, I think... I think uh, we were actually in the same time, so it was like almost, it was almost, well, wait, what time was it for you? It, it, it was like right at 3 a.m. when we ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just about, like, so, yeah, it was, um, <laughs> sorry, what happened? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, like, um, by, that's what, that's about where it was by the end, it was like, okay, there's still a dragon. Yep, he's okay, still there, go, all right. Punch the dragon. Oh, God, do it. Just, mm, I want to smite him, but the damn barbarian keeps yo-yoing i gotta <laughs> which i gotta say before we get into it i mm -hmm. honestly feel like a medal should be given for this dumb son of a bitch being able to get a dragon so annoyed with him that the dragon basically for most of the fight 1v1'd his ass but that's was it dumb was it dumb? I'm not saying, I mean, like on paper, it's a really stupid idea, you know, like on paper, it's the dumbest idea. However, the execution of this was, it worked. I don't know how, but it did. But like, just again, a medal should be given out for being able to accomplish such a thing. I, I would call Cedric it- I was being very brave. 
Medal of Valor. Um, yeah. We'll be talking about that. <laughs> we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Um, so before we get into like the actual dragon fight, there was some stuff that happened before. Um, so as you guys were kind of like heading out um, on this adventure to find this hidden temple thing, which is sort of like the final errand in this area before you move on. Mm-hmm. What were you expecting? Did it end up being what you thought? Um, yes, in that I did not know what to expect or what it would be at all. So yes, it <laughs> met the expectation of I had no idea what it was supposed to be. Because <laughs> like from what we've seen with any of the uh, you know godly trials and whatnot that we've come across so far, if you go in with any kind of preconceived notion, you will be disappointed. So mm-hmm. by having no preconceptions at all, it met everything I thought it would be in that it was nothing I thought it would be. Expect the unexpected. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think we got to a case where, you know, we, we went in in the right mindset, but then like immediately started like overthinking some of the things we were looking at. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, you know, going in, we're like, oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does this mean? We must know it all. Yeah, I think Perry at one point said, you know, we have a goal here. I think we should um, concentrate on that, put on the little horse Mm -hmm. blinders. What do you think you guys were overthinking? Was it all the puzzles or... I mean, really I, I can't say it was pu- a puzzle per se, but I mean, there were definitely like warnings and, you know, like points into the right direction that we were just like, you know, it, it, it goes back to that whole wall is just a wall thing. I mean, I think we were just looking at the context and it was just context in, you know, words, but we were mm-hmm. looking for meanings that weren't there when it was just kind of like the simplistic stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's part of the appeal to it, where you know you go in expecting, okay, I'm going to solve this super awesome riddle. No, it's just a warning in front of a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes a wall isn't a wall. Yeah. I mean, perception check everything. Why not? Um, it, anyway, you know, that's that's how you find the mimics. That's that's because the they could be anything. But if you, if you perceive, then that's how you know. That chair is actually a mimic. Oh, I'm still kind of disappointed. I'm still kind of disappointed that nobody sat down on that chair. I think nobody sat on the mimic chair. Yeah, <laughs> I That's was really right. expecting Valtaim to like at least poke it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna find a house full of mimics, and the mimic itself is gonna be a house. And oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna be in. Oh, that'd be so cool. It'd be great. You know, it'd be cool, like. Like a witch or a crone or something like in a symbiotic relationship with a mimic house. Like she lives in there and like she shares victims with the mimic house. That'd be cool, I think. Kind of like a Hansel and Gretel type of thing, except instead of cooking and eating the children, she's just feeding the children into the the oven, which is the house's mouth. (laughs) Shove it in the house mouth. Here you go. (laughs) Not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. It's like a Halloween campaign right there. Yeah. Here, pardon yeah. me. Let me just shove these chubby Teutonic children into a house and feed it. <laughs> the party's a bunch of kids. You have to escape the house. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, anyway, so when you were like setting out on this um, errand, not mm-hmm. really an errand, um, this detour, it seemed like this was. Um, especially important to Quinn, actually, that you do this for Peregrine, or that you complete this thing that she needs to do. Why was that? For a couple of reasons. One, Quinn is well aware of exactly how important it is to complete some sort of divine trial, because he Mm -hmm. had one. He shit the bed, but he had it, you know? He did fine. I mean, he came out the other side okay, with an understanding he was not supposed to be doing the thing he was doing, Mm -hmm. and is doing much better with what he's at now but he knows how important that sort of thing is because he's been on that road before also perry has never asked the group for anything she hasn't tried to make us go in any one direction she hasn't tried to force us to look into anything of and she has some very fairly dire shit going on in her backstory and but she's always tried to let other people do their thing, take care of what other people need more than anything else. This is the one thing she's ever asked for. So mm-hmm. Quinn was of mind of, 
no, this is not only very important in general, but it's very important to someone who has never asked us for a damn thing. We're doing it. And he was just there to support everything she was trying to get done. And so like at the beginning when Oriana was like, oh, but I really want to go and see if I can get this teleportation circle for the school. Like, yeah, bitch, you should have thought of that like yesterday. We were specifically told, one, we're running out of time in town. And two, this is the day that we're leaving to do the thing for Perry. So um, no more delaying. Shut your butt. We're going. Get some road snacks and let's let's hit it. It's um, well, I don't know. What are more like D and D road snacks? I guess you could just have trail mix. To be honest, it kind like of all is, those, yeah. all those things yeah, exist. No. Trail mix <laughs> is right. kind of like a timeless thing, so it works in any yeah, fantasy like setting. You just berries. don't have like peanut butter chips in it because I don't know if peanut butter chips exist. It's you like probably have like almond um, butter chips. Grind up some peanuts, make some peanut butter, you know, put it out on the table, let it dry in the sun, you know? Yeah. Like I like that you butters. put some thought into this. <laughs> Look, I'm It's very... food. It's my, my wheelhouse yeah. there. <laughs> this I'm is with the you. passion. Uh, I mean, nut butter and nut milk are like much older than you think. Like those were around in medieval times. Um, no, I get that. Like... But like the making them, the making of them into little chips that you would drop into uh -huh. a trail mix. I don't know if that particular level of technology would have been thought of at this point. I mean, if you make chips, like you just do a little dollop of melted chocolate. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is a research hole that I'm going to get dragged into later um, mm. after after the show. So um, you guys made it to uh, kind of like the pre-temple, the maze, the labyrinth surrounding um, where Perry needs to get. So what do you think about like the maze in general? Because I thought it was very atmospheric and it had lots of little weird things and they're like singing clearings, the maze you fall asleep, bone piles, mm -hmm. a weird guy with the bone piles, the bone dog. <laughs> mm -hmm. The house that mm -hmm. nobody wanted to look at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we explored because we were trying to um, get to where we needed to go mm -hmm. rather than stop and look at the, you know, surroundings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then assuming that was even, you know, potentially real, so to speak, in the sense of like, was it part of the area or was it just like a distraction designed to give us an encounter inside of a maze or labyrinth? Um, mm -hmm. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I I thought it was very interesting because there was a lot to uh, there, there was a lot to each little area, you know, like there was always something that was either nothing or something important, like the bone pile, nothing, something, the tablet with the warning on it, nothing or something. And it's just sort of it all had the same level of of um I don't know, just nice atmospheric addition. Mm. Mean. Yeah, I did. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it reeked of like you know, a village that was abandoned or had something bad happened and then like turned into this place. Yeah, which I mean, it may well have been. Yeah, well, you have no way of knowing. We might find out later. Um, we can ask the guy that you know is, I guess, renting the place. So, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> like, he designed it. Well, see, that's the thing. We don't know if it's you know, if Coral if this is Coralon's thing that we're going through right now, or if this happened to be the dragon's place, because you know, dragons, mazes, it's kind of a thing, like with this kind of dragon anyway. So, like either we were going here because Coralon wanted us to go here because there was a dragon here, or there just happened to be a dragon in Coralon's backyard. He's like, Hey buddy, there's some people who are gonna come here. Don't kill them outright, but I mean you do you. I'm going with more of like a, I guess, symbiotic relationship, a nicer mm -hmm. word to say, you know, the dragon's a pet to a god. Mm -hmm. It could be. Interesting. I mean, dragons are intelligent beings. They could very well follow gods if they felt like it. Mm. Maybe they're just friends. I mean, it, yeah, but if you look at like the alignments of dragons and stuff like that, I mean, that, that was technically quite a green dragon. Yes, it was. Would not, if I remember correctly, not be in the same alignment as someone like Coraline. But we've already seen alignments are very fluid, especially when it comes to gods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that is true. I mean, mm -hmm. their personalities and perceptions are very fluid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I look at like alignments are, the, they're a nice idea, but 
Yeah, it's, uh, they're it's a, a nice illusion. It's a roadmap. Yeah. It's a guideline, kind yeah. of. It's like it's a sign on the side of the road that you see as you're speeding by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good yeah. person would not do this. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, I was I was curious, though, like, because there were several creatures, like a number of creatures that were in this area. You had the orcs by the... Um, by the dragon, you had that bone guy by the bones. Um, like, or, I was wondering, do these people work for Coraline? Like, who are they? Why are they here? I assume we'll find that out next episode, maybe. I mean, that is a question that's probably going to be asked. Like, who are all these squatters up in your maze? Or is this just like, is this your maze? Is this some sort of like, did you set us up with like a haunted house crew of some sort? Well, I mean, the orcs and the Ettons are, you know, squatters no more. I mean, I think they've That's been true. evicted. My bad. Evicted is one evicted. way of putting it. They were yeah. like evicted from this mortal plane. Evicted from this mortal coil. Hey. <laughs> um, awesome. So I do want to touch on what happened near the bone pile though, because I did get the impression that you were sort of dodging a lot of what might be uh, might be encounters, but you did have a small like mini boss encounter at the bone pile, um, which Cynric spent a lot of this battle charmed. Um, just kind of want to get both your perspectives on it. Oh, the I don't know. He was a nice guy. Hey, he seemed cool. <laughs> yeah. What what is what has ever gone wrong with trusting a Skeksis? I mean, come on. Oh, I mean, does Quinn know what that is? Because no, I sure don't. No. And still, though. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't player making a joke. You notice the lack of a bad <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> you know, we 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 met some interesting characters that weren't exactly bad. Yeah. However. I mean, no, oh, gone. No, I was going to say, Howard, there's like some context clues to be had here that would say this guy isn't the best considering giant pile of bones in which his big lumbering murder friend was just sort of hanging out. And as soon as we got close to him, his big lumbering murder friend came out and was like, oh, hello there. I'm going to be murdering you. Please take a number. Okay, but, but to his defense, that didn't happen until someone showed an act of aggression, which was Greybone. Mm, yeah, that's Because, I mean, I walked over there and the thing didn't attack me. True. Yeah. <sighs> he was creepy, but who's to say, like, he was responsible for those bone piles? Maybe he was just hanging out there. Like, he liked the ambiance. I mean, they're, they were probably, like, Like a know, graveyard like, goth kid sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, friendly neighborhood necromancer. Who knows? Mm. I was... Yeah, you know, yeah. I was, um, it was like, you know, some weird uh, chunk and sloth dynamic. Good poll, good poll. Um. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I did. That's how I got the things loyal. He just had a pocket full of baby roots. Oh my God. He has a bag holding filled to bursting with baby roots. See, the, the joke how that is, it's a bag of holding made of actual babies named Ruth. Oh. <laughs> Uh, just a real ass baby. <laughs> just be like, what? <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so you guys did make it to what I assume is the center of the maze and found. God, I hope so. And found there might be another center. Who knows? You need to go deeper. Be, I have nine fucking hit points, lady. I don't. I don't want any more maze. Oh my god! I mean... It's like Inception. You need to go deeper. <laughs> and that's where i was thinking it's like okay go to this you know one of the notes even specifically mentioned like the center of the maze Mm -hmm. um, or not necessarily the maze but you know the center finding a center um i i and my first thought was okay maybe that is not necessarily like the center as in you draw a circle and this is where you're at and this is where you're going but rather like a position relative to where you're at and i mean that's even where my suggestion was okay let's go left right left right and you know keep alternating to try and stay as you know straight as possible but aren't you supposed to keep going the same direction when you want to get through a maze but then you're just always going left you'll eventually make a big circle not necessarily it depends on where everything goes before that because there will be paths that will go and Mm -hmm. you only have one choice of which direction to go but then when you get to the t-junction 
then you do pick the same direction every time. I've actually done that in video game mazes before and it did work. I did that in a corn maze once, it did work. Yeah, you, you pick a direction, keep going in said direction and eventually you do find out. Mm. Yeah, that was a good corn maze. We made like good time. We got through it in like 26 minutes. Yeah, Oh, nice. we're very proud of ourselves. Uh, me and Milo, my boyfriend. Um, Anyway, so yeah, you made it to the center of the maze and you found not not a minotaur, but a big green dragon and his big green orc friends. Um, so first of all, how cool was that boss music? I think that was the first time that particular tune's been revealed, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. That was epic, epic shit. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, given the whole sleep situation, I really don't recall that much of the music. That's on me. Um, you're not your yeah. best. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so you guys like very recently had another encounter with a different dragon. Uh, what were your thoughts or, or your character's thoughts like coming onto this battle map and seeing yeah, another dragon? Um, well, the word fuck came to mind mm -hmm. very quickly. Mm -hmm. That was about I mean, as far as the thought process went like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, kind of. I, I was kind of excited because, I mean, <laughs> we fight dragon, yeah. But that's just me as a player, so I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you had a wild time fighting that dragon. I, I didn't pull a campion where, you know, I got breathed on and died, so that that was good. You're, much, close, but you you're much sturdier than camp. You did go down a couple times, but several you times. Bring back up. You didn't, <laughs> didn't face it alone, even though you kind of faced it alone. Um, it's <laughs> That's what I want to talk about, though, because Sinric spends a large chunk of this battle essentially one v oneing the dragon. It was pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he went down and up and down and up. Uh, just spent a whole lot of time in this dragon's face. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about. Um, Cindric's like battle plan because it seemed to be essentially keep this dragon focused on me so my friends don't get burnt. Is that well, accurate? The, the no, yes and no. I mean, the mm -hmm. battle plan was everyone was instead of like fanning out to take things down, they were fanning out and back mm -hmm. instead of trying to be like, you know a little bit of a more aggressive approach, especially considering we've seen them casting spells and buffing their friends. So, I mean, at that point, would it be a wise thing to just take a back seat and try to passively push through things when things are raining down on you? Especially considering we were just recently in a tournament where people that had magic destroyed all of us in almost a turn. <laughs> Yeah, you do so, like users. You know, it was one of those where it's like, okay, I mean, these, yeah, these ends are big and, you know, beefy, but they weren't necessarily the biggest threats as mm -hmm. far as on the field. I mean, look how big they are. They're e fairly easy to go down. I mean, they're not exactly the most intelligent things in the world either. So, you know, you, you play to that. But then you have literally what looked like four casters in the back, potentially casters I, I think mm -hmm. two were clerics and two were rangers but um close enough and then you have literally a giant dragon um i mean so yeah my head as far as tactically was get rid of the casters the magic people because if they mm -hmm. start curing the big ettons and healing the big etten it becomes just as much as me going up and down as them going up and down yeah and they were visibly buffing each other mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so you were being I, I, or Cindric was being strategic, going for the bigger threats, one of which was a dragon. Stupid and strategic, because, I mean, stupid was running in by myself, and I knew that, but, I mean, I was hoping people would follow. <laughs> and, I um, mean, you know, Quinn did, um, eventually. When uh, I had to take out, I had to make sure I could buff the back line, and also Baltine was getting hammered by that thing, so I had to like, mm -hmm. stop it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was just one of those where it's like I, I didn't feel like the Ettons were that worth focusing on during the beginning of the fight. So my, my attention just went elsewhere. Gotcha. Well, it was pretty cool to watch. Um, and Quinn had a couple of cool moments in this battle, too. I thought it was... Yes. 
very um, interesting how like you have this whole pantheon of gods now showing up to aid Quinn in his uh, spell casting. I thought that was a really good flavor. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's it's going to be interesting because now that Quinn knows that basically if there's a thing he's trying to do and there is a god that is listening that would be, you know, appropriate to aid in the task, then basically that's who's going to lend him the power for it. So Quinn may be one of the only truly polytheistic people in Dungeons and Dragons now because with like there's you know a whole pantheon of gods but with the way that everything is always portrayed with D&D it's you you have this whole menu but you only pick one like you don't really see people doing like the, like the ancient Greeks and the Norse did where if you need x thing you know you, like if you need a bountiful harvest you pray mm -hmm. to Demeter um if you need no, I'm trying if to remember. If you're a soldier, you pray, you pray to Ares if you need, yeah. um, I don't know, if death stuff. <laughs> you pray to Hades. I don't know what you pray to the different gods yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, if, but, you need, but, yeah. if you need a hunt stuff, you pray to Artemis. Um, yeah. Uh, wisdom, you pray to a child, Athena. you go to Zeus. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, <laughs> what's up? You want to fuck a goose? Please. Pray to Zeus. <laughs> you want to fuck a goose? Pray to Zeus. <laughs> Oh, put that on a t-shirt. Um. <laughs> but love it. it it's a, it's also an interesting concept. Just um, still trying to further flesh out like that pantheon mm -hmm. and that that we're dealing with. Um, because even with like everyone just lending a hand to you know the spell effects and what's happening with Quinn, it just seems like the gods are just more powerful people and not what mm -hmm. like you would picture a god to be as far as like i, I want to use the word omnipotent but th that's not the correct word in that sense no, um right or omnipotent omnipotent means all powerful omnipotent oh, mm -hmm. means all knowing yeah so mm -hmm. that's correct and omnipresent means everywhere at once those yeah, are the yeah. three so, things that are usually attributed to divine beings yeah so i mean it, it just seems like they're more on the a mortal slash people side yeah instead of like what you would think like a divine being would be mm. if that makes mm. sense at least yeah. that's what's running through my head as a player much like the old pantheons um yeah. i think i think um chad actually you actually brought up a really interesting point which i kind of wish we had talked about in our religion episode that um yeah you don't see many polytheists in mm -hmm. D, D, despite the fact that you've got such a large pantheon that's highly unusual it is yeah and i think that's what that's something that quinn is probably going to be heading towards because now he understands he understands that with the thing he is doing that is how his his whole magic portfolio is going to work from now on is mm -hmm. you want to detect magic call Coralon. you want to do that cool watcher thing that you did call iune you want to smite shit real good bane's your guy you know like it's yeah you've got you've got access to the divine group chat you can just be like hey what's up with this <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah just all of a sudden 3 a.m one of them they're getting a text in the group thread you up and then whoever picks up their phone <laughs> like oh, fuck, hang on sliding yeah, into the divine dms yeah <laughs> divine messages divine messages. <laughs> but uh, it, it's also um an interesting topic considering a lot of the you know like deities as far as the dnd stuff they have a lot mm -hmm. of overlap as far as what they can and cannot do mm -hmm. so i mean it, that that whole concept is actually kind of interesting because it's not you know, Moradin works on a forge. It's not mm -hmm. Cord focuses on strength. It's not Asmodeus focuses on lies. It's they kind of all have their overlaps as far as what they do. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's not it, even it, getting into like racial deities because which Coralon is one, but yeah. you've got sort of different versions of different gods in different, um, for, for different races. So, right. And plus, the different races will have a specific god for and for you know for a specific thing mm -hmm. where there is already for another race another god that takes care of that exact same thing yeah if you look into um they haven't really put a lot out for some of the races but um they've gotten into like the elvish pantheon mm -hmm. the uh, dark elvish pantheon 
uh, even a little bit on the giant pantheon as well. And they've got, there is a ton of overlap for things that if you're an elf, you would have no idea that there's also a giant that takes care of this sort of thing. But just, it's just an interesting idea. Yeah, do you think they ever sub for each other? Like, maybe if like someone needs like vacation. a yeah someone needs a, needs a day look i just need a spa day can you just answer prayers and yeah. then we do the same thing it's fine <laughs> awesome. but if the dwarvish god of blacksmithing is out and the giant god of blacksmithing is uh, subbing in then you that's why you have uh, a dwarf suddenly turning out like a sword that is big enough to seat 12. Mm -hmm. you're like oh i guess the muse really came to me this time interesting <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, could you both give me like just some quick thoughts on the battle overall because there's a lot of interesting stuff happening with like all the magical abilities they were getting thrown around. I mean, it, it was definitely a fun battle. We got to see some stuff that were, you know, that we use as far as like buffing used against us, which mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it should start like adjusting our focus as to how we handle threats as far as the battle. Um, we also had, you know, a chance to see like different things in battle as far as just like what's limited to what a character can do mm -hmm. so that that was kind of cool yeah i really liked the idea that perry was basically just be out there being a like a like an old school video game mimic like the final fantasy mm -hmm. type of mimic like have you seen this ability before whip it out and see what happens like because it plays into the to a lot of stuff about her because you know she has whatever magic thing is going on with her she's also incredibly observant so she mm -hmm. sees almost everything around her and the fact that she would have all this stuff just sort of on tap like okay uh someone dropped a big fireball on us once boom let me do that and see how it works Harry, but that Harry was, do. yeah yeah kind of but i i really enjoyed that and then everything else that was going on around it just it just added a lot of interesting things to keep things you know to keep stuff moving because you know just having the dragon would have been one thing that would have been us mm -hmm. trying to hit the dragon but also stay clear of whatever the hell it is perry's about to try and drop on it but the dragon plus all the other little minions basically gave us some places to like spread focus and figure out just what to take down who to take down and how in i don't know it was it was a lot it ran a long time but it was still good yeah this was a very long session it um, is our record so far and i hope we never break it yeah so actually that i wanted to ask about that do you guys tend to like like marathon sessions like this or was it a bit too long would it have been okay if you were prepared for it or i think I it would be better as far as preparation yeah i i don't mind the i don't mind long sessions i i can you know i enjoy them but when the session is running until like almost three in the morning and i have to actually get up for stuff the next day then it gets to be a little just i want to die by the end of it but because I, 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 I will play dnd for hours and hours and hours on end and mm -hmm. you know as long as i'm having fun i don't care but then it just turns into i really should be sleeping i have i'm on a fucking countdown now for how long <laughs> until other shit's supposed to go on that i'm responsible for yeah, yeah i think it boils down to um you know preparation as far as commitment if you agree to play a six hour game once a week then you agree to play a six hour game once a week um, if you agree to play, you know, a four hour game once a week and it turns into a six hour game once a week, every single time, yeah. then that might become problematic. But if it does that once, maybe twice, you know, it, it, if it's an outlier, then that's not part of the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure all of us are still young enough to recover eventually from, you know, lack of sleep for a day. Yeah. We... I mean, I hope. Are we? <laughs> like I'm not, I'm still very young, but I'm not that young. Um, anyway, I'm in my late 20s, guys, it's terrible. Um, I hate you so much right now. Yeah, you're a baby. <laughs> not as baby as Khalil. That is <laughs> true. like two years old. Um, anyway, <laughs> 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 he's, he's not here to defend himself. 
Anyway, uh, so we're going to move on for to our topic for today, which is accessibility. Um, this is Disability Awareness and Awareness Awareness Month. Please be aware that I can't speak. Um, <laughs> so I thought it would be a good time to chat about how to make like the game of D and D fun and accessible and playable for everybody, um, regardless of their limitations. Uh, so let's start with definitions, as we so often do. What is accessibility when it comes to tabletop games? Like, what are we talking about? Like, we have to often think of accessibility like ramps and elevators, mm -hmm. um, physical things. But what's it mean for D and D? I mean, uh, that's where my head went was to okay, how do we physically get someone at a table when it comes to a physical disability? But that's I one of the at issues. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that is one of the issues. Yeah. Well, I mean it comes down to a lot of things as far as what it means because there are uh, like for example if you have people that have some sort of uh, learning disability like dyslexia mm -hmm. perhaps the math is a lot because it's it's make-believe but it's on a system that's based on math and that's where you can have some problems for folks so you gotta you know if that's the kind of thing you're looking at, it's ways that you can make the mechanics easier to understand or mm -hmm. uh, ways that you can just sort of help them latch on to the specific details they need. But then there's other things like representation. For example, the combat wheelchair being a thing. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone who has a disability that makes them unable to walk, they want to be able to have that carry over into a character that they're playing because it just allows them to just, I don't know, be more of themselves at the table or something. And for whatever reason, I can't really speak to that because I can actually walk around. I do not need a wheelchair. Therefore, it is not content for me, but I support its existence and I will fight any troll that says otherwise. There's one thing about the accessibility conversation is why in the holiest of fuck are people so angry about it? Like, the second you try and do something that makes a thing easier for someone or allows someone to feel seen or feel represented, all of a sudden you got a bunch of neckbeardy dickbags coming out of nowhere to try and beat it to death with a hammer. And I don't fucking get it. And people just don't I mean, want their people to have fun. I guess, man. I mean, it just doesn't make any damn sense. Part, part of D&D, at least for you know me, is... When you're a player character, you create the character you're playing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's one of those to go on what you know Chad was saying. It's if you want to be a character that relies on some type of battle wheelchair, like you know a wheelchair that will shoot fireballs in like form of a flamethrower when you press a button on the side or something, then I mean, you create that character, you create that interface. And literally D&D &D is a shell enough of a game that it's super easy to adapt any of those scenarios mm -hmm. to fit that situation. I mean, you know, it, again, going even on, yeah, like the, the wheelchair thing, I mean, it's very easy to outfit any type of, you know, quote unquote technology as far as, you know, like even artificers nowadays, and you can have kind of I, I don't want to say a placebo um what, what's the word i'm looking for a placeholder as far mm -hmm. as you know instead of a focus you know it's being projected through another source so i mean the yeah the game allows for all that stuff it's just a matter of you know what the player is going to create and how creative mm -hmm. the player is going to get as far as embracing those types of characters yeah, and we actually see some of this in, in our game because um, Campion is chronically ill. So mm -hmm. some of these mechanics come into play. Like he's got his little um, medicines that he makes and I can't think of anything else right now. Uh, gauntlet, leg <laughs> brace. Yeah, yeah, yep, the yep. leg brace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's some cool shit. Um, yeah. Like he literally cannot walk or use his arm if he does not have these items. They have no mm -hmm. effect on his abilities as a character to, you know, interact with the world, to be successful in, in you know, RP in combat. The thing that affects that successfulness is Jay himself, but that's just, you know, another problem overall because, man, that guy weird. I love him, but damn, just damn. I like it, though. <laughs> he tried doing Hamlet with a fucking skull. <laughs> 
you know? I mean, I would too. Come on. I mean, I, yeah, I get it. But Be a skull. You have to do Hamlet. <laughs> I, get it. I know. I'm like, there's it's other fitting. shit going on, man. Can you like find another skull some other time when we got more downtime? <laughs> I expected that skeleton to come back. I was like, oh, it's the talking skeleton going to come back. <laughs> I want it to haunt his dreams. That's what I want. I just want Maybe I want it will. <laughs> I was you kind of hoping he kept it. Yeah. That way I would just talk to him all the time. And like, we think he's crazy. Er. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like an imaginary friend, but it's possibly real. It might have been a hallucination. Who knows? Um, and then we eventually find out it was a demi lich. Oh, no. That'd be so cool. Imagine you have a demi-lich in your like bag of holding this whole time. It's just really it annoying. It turns out to be a friend, you know? Yeah, either that Maybe. or it's the final boss and it's really mad at you for keeping you and for keeping it in your bag. <laughs> it becomes the final boss because it's been yeah. in a bag of holding with other decaying matter like the fucking elephant skull. <laughs> like the stench in this pocket dimension is unbearable. You will all die by my hand. Oh. Anyway, we're getting way the fuck off track. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Um, anyway, so have you guys personally ever had like accessibility issues when it comes to D&D? Not necessarily because of a disability, um, because there are a lot of factors that do like affect accessibility. I, I don't honestly think that I have had any kind of issue personally. Um, at least not, not that I can, not that I have ever been aware of, I can say that. I mean, yeah, I, I can't say necessarily, yeah, I've necessarily run into stuff of that nature. Um, I think the worst that I've seen are just people being dicks about things, but not necessarily mm -hmm. like yeah. against one thing or another. You know, yeah. you're talking about players that's like, well, that's not how that works. I want it to work this way you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it, as far as some of the worst things I've seen as far as accessibilities is limitations as far as, okay, how do we get like a wheelchair through the shop into a table or, mm -hmm. you know, places like that when you have public games at like, you know, comic shop, card shops, malls, stuff like that. Um, or in the case of people with like anxiety who don't necessarily want to go out to public locations, um, which by the way, I, I for people that do have anxiety, I do recommend D&D &D because, I mean, it does help to break out of that, you know, shell a little bit. And, you know, you don't have to be, be good. At, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You get out of your own head, pretend to be someone else, and, you know, that, that does help some people. Yes. Yes, because while you may suck at talking to people, Grognak the Destroyer is pretty fucking good at it. I mean, I don't think he was also that good, good at destroying. talking to people, but... You never know. He could destroy yeah, things you know. verbally. He could be a bar that just absolutely fucking slays with rhetoric. Oh, okay? great. Hell yeah. Barn, the destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing that I'm surprised neither you broke up is internet access because this does count. Like sometimes your internet is not good and that does affect how, how much you are able to access games. Um, True. Yeah. I'll also, I'd say one thing for me, because we were talking about how long games are, like, I cannot do a game that's over four hours. I have such limited capacity for dealing with humans, even humans that I like, and I use most of it on, like, work. So, shorter games for me, that is an actual need. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, a, and that's something I'm kind of familiar with as well, because, uh, you know, my wonderful wife is extremely introverted. Like mm. she has a she has a finite amount of energy that she can apply to people. After that, she doesn't want to do it anymore. So she <laughs> needs time people. to recharge. I am like the only person who is acceptable to be around, and at times I even need to just shut the fuck up and leave her alone. Which I I you know I respect that choice because mm -hmm. as it has been established, I am a lot, but still like you're just really tall. Um. That, is, that is a fact. Yes. Uh, cool beans. I, I've never seen you in person, obviously, but I know from hearsay and mm -hmm. also pictures that I've seen with like things near you. I'm like, oh, is that a really small fence or is she just <laughs> extremely tall? Like, uh, <laughs> why is that doorknob down by your knee? <laughs> <laughs> exaggeration. Um, awesome. Yeah, but I'm very familiar with the need to go sit in a quiet room for 10 hours. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so what do you think people can, like, dance in particular, but what can people do to make the game, like, more playable um, with, for people who, say, have, like, ADHD or trouble concentrating or remembering things? Um, because, you know, a lot of D&D &D is concentrating and remembering mm -hmm. things. I mean, just you ask. make a character that doesn't remember things and then you can steer into that skin and become included into the character of the painter traits yeah that's something but there's also just what you know as far as what dms or other players can do just ask because yeah. there is no one thing that's going to work for everybody because there are some people who like their ADHD will manifest in entirely different ways. You have a group of seven people that have seven different things to tell you about exactly what their issues are. So mm -hmm. you can't get one cookie cutter solution for everything. So, I mean, as far as what you can do, just if your player is going to be struggling with something or if someone else, if your friend at the table is gonna be struggling with something, just say, hey, what can we do? Like, what is it that you need from us to help you enjoy this? Like, is there something that, you know, we can recommend as far as uh, like note taking, because since you have to write so much crap down, there are actual like academic note taking strategies that people can use that can be adapted to something like this. Cause it is literally just trying to write stuff down to recall it later. And that's, you know, a lot of it. And as far as the mechanics, there's some sort of reference that you need help finding or just anything. And with other things, but it's not for actual like things of uh, like ADHD or anything else. It's just a matter of uh, like someone just wanting to see something more like themselves at the table and it not being there. Just ask, what do you like? What is it that you need? So, like just that question alone will solve a lot of these issues. It literally just actually think to ask someone, what do you need, and how can I help you get that? I mean, the, the compound on that, um, it's one of those is as a DM, I mean, understanding that, you know, the first rule of D&D &D is literally having fun. Mm -hmm. The second rule of D&D &D is that the rules are loose guidelines. Um, those two things together, I mean, go into create the flexibility that you need to adapt to whatever situation presents itself to you. True. Right. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's all about trying to make sure everyone is having a good time. That's what the game it is. Yeah. It is a game. That's the, mm -hmm. like, that's the important thing to remember, especially for people who just can't get the stick out of their ass long enough to understand that people are trying to make accessibility things for themselves and others are not trying to ruin your fun. So shut the fuck up, Craig, and let other people play. Yeah, it's, Craig. A, it's a game. It's just a game. If this is what someone needs to do to have fun, let them. Just let them go. Let them do it. If like the person that made the combat wheelchair gets hate tweets all the fucking time from people who just don't think the thing should exist, then don't use it. And if if you don't want to use it, don't yell at the person that made it because clearly it's not for you. I mean, I don't like Tyler Perry's movies because obviously it's not for me, but I don't fucking yell at him for making them. Just let the man do what he does because someone out there wants to see that. Someone needs to see that. There is there is some audience for it. I'm not it, but I'm not going to hate it because it's not for me. So everyone just let the people do what they want to have fun. It's a game and just leave it at that. Tyler Perry makes movies. Yeah, famously. Yeah. Oh, cool. I've been Movies, TV shows, all manner <laughs> of things. Bunch of stuff. Um, Bit of a renaissance, man, almost. But yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those where, I, yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing because literally reskinning something to accommodate for a loss of limb or a representation of like a, I, I'm going to say a physical defect at this point, not defect, but disability, the defect is the wrong word for that, um, but a physical disability, it literally doesn't affect anything within the gameplay for someone else, for another player at the table. So right. it, it literally just doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it would be the equivalent of saying, oh, well, Campion's got a knee brace that makes his leg, leg move, so we should all have knee braces. It, just right. to use our game as an example, when that's literally like the silliest thing in the world to complain about. 
It is, yeah. I mean, Campaign's got a leg brace that lets him use his leg. He's got a gauntlet that lets him use his arm. It's like the same thing. I keep I keep bringing up the combat wheelchair because it's like the thing. It was like the most one of the most recent, the most popular D and D shit storms as far as accessibility goes. It's literally just a wheelchair that you say that you have for flavor to be able to say that well, my character can't walk. This is how they get around. It doesn't let you do anything that you wouldn't be able to do with working legs. That's it. Does it like float upstairs? Pretty much, fast, right? Yeah. I think so. Like it. Like little I, think, I think so. Yeah. But basically, I it mean, it allows someone to say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, spider legs. She could be like Artemis oh, from so Wild, cool. Wild West. <laughs> oh, man. Or not Artemis. Uh, what was his, yeah, the the bad guy in that movie. Yeah, Kenneth, the evil, um, evil uh, racist Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that movie. It was terrible. But I mean, I I think good, like terrible, one of the almost. Almost. It really was. Yeah. Um, one of the best representations as far as something like that that I've seen in a game. Um, mm -hmm. I had physically seen it. I actually read about it as far as a story was actually a game of it. I don't remember if it was, you know, back with three, uh, three point five or anything like that, but it was two players. Um, one of them had a disability as far as their legs. So the way they got around it is the two PCs worked together one of them was a big brute that had mm -hmm. like a chair literally strapped oh, yeah. to him that mm. you know the other character physically sat in and would ride around with this bigger character so this character would be like a magic user from you know the top of his chair on this like mm -hmm. big giant thing and the other thing would smash things on the ground so Very they cool. created like some type of symbiotic relationship between the two player characters Mm. which also carried over into the game and had that, you know, inclusiveness that the player could literally have his mobility mm. and the other, you know, character in the game would literally help with that. So, I mean, yeah. I thought it was nice. a pretty cool representation. Yeah. That is interesting. I kind of like that because that does affect gameplay, but yeah. it doesn't diminish it. <laughs> yeah. No, but it also brings physical players together too, because now you're working together. You got money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I mean, some people are, you know, they're they don't they're shy, uh, for lack of better terms, mm -hmm. and they get uncomfortable in situations with people they don't know. So if they have one person that they're excited to see as far as a game, you know, that can be make or break. Double accessibility. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. In game and out game. That is cool. Um, so I do want to like expand a little bit more. What do you guys think the DMs in particular can do to um, like accommodate for special needs with their players? Um, like, should this be part of the um, like should should disability um, discussions be part of like the standard? Hey, what does this game be like? conversation that happens before games i think so because mm -hmm. if you because i'm just you know pull back the curtain of my own life i am a parent of two children on the autism spectrum and i think that if you're going to have a conversation about a game and you know that there is someone there that is going to have some sort of struggle put that out front and say okay if this is going to be if there's going to be an issue, if this is going to impact your ability to play, if this is going to impact your ability to have fun, what do you need to do here to make this work best for you? You know, like, what is it that, what is it that can be done to help? And if you're playing with strangers, just, you know, put it out there and just of a general statement, you know, if there is anything that anybody needs as far as uh, just any sort of extra discussion or anything about any kind of accommodations or whatever, just put it out there. Just say, just, you know, be open to the idea of having the conversation. Because, mm -hmm. you know, some people will just be open about like, okay, well, I'm not really great at remembering things. I like, you know, maybe someone has like, a, like just, you know, throwing an idea, say someone has some sort of brain injury and they literally have a difficult time remembering things because that part of their brain doesn't really work so great anymore. So what is it that can be done to help that person try to get through a game that's all about remembering stuff and knowing math? What do you, what can you do for them? Just ask and figure it out. Just because mm -hmm. I think that's, that's just what you can, what you do is like right at the start of anything, just be open to whatever it is that your player is going to need 
because I promise you it won't be game breaking just to make sure that someone else can have some fun. It's very flexible. Yeah, yeah. It's been around this long. It can handle it. I, I think that's more of like a D&D rule in general and not necessarily something that focuses towards like, you know, it's accessibility and inclusion as far as disability. Because, I mean, that, that should happen before like any game starts. It's as far as like, okay, what can we do to facilitate a better environment? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, specifically relating to disability, um, I think the best thing that can be done is don't shy away from the topic. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're they're just people. They're not any different than me, than you, than, you know, the next person at the table. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing where, you know, maybe leading like with something like that as far as, all right, does anyone have any disabilities that we need to, you know, account for at the table could potentially shine a spotlight on that, per, you know, particular person as well and That's even fair. make them feel, you know, not wanted. So I think it's a matter of saying, all right, you know, the general D&D etiquette, you know, what can we do to make, you know, this game fun for everyone at the table, but at the same token, don't shy away from, you know, that talk as far as disabilities, no matter how, you know, difficult it can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, I th- just be willing to have the conversation is the thing I keep yeah, sort of hammering. exactly. Whatever it is, just be, if it is a conversation that needs to be had, be willing to have it and do what needs to be done to help someone yeah. with enjoying themselves. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that, that person that, you know, might not necessarily be able to use his legs and walk around on crutches might not see themselves as disabled. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it all depends on how that person perceives the situation as well. Yeah, it's also an, uh, uh, an issue that not everyone wants to be outed as disabled. Like, plenty of disabilities are invisible. Yeah. Plenty of people prefer not to tell people, especially strangers, that you may be playing with for the first time. So maybe my thought is that the general, is that DM should just be open to requests that they think are weird or odd or without asking questions like you can Mm. ask for pretty much any um pretty much any kind of accommodation and you shouldn't be questioned about it i think Mm -hmm. there's a way to make like 99.9 percent of everything work as far as D &D, unless Mm -hmm. it's you know that that 0.1 percent of something that's you know game breaking or unrealistic as far as like um you know can we get a car and then in the first battle, I'm going to run this person over with the car. I mean, that works in some verses. I, um, but yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say within reason, but I mean, don't ask for the moon, I guess is the way I want to phrase that. Mm-hmm. Um, because some things literally can be great uh, game breaking and take away enjoyment from everyone. If that so, makes sense, I'm not exactly makes, phrasing that the best way. But, I think I know. get you. It's like you can you can ask to take more frequent breaks. You can ask to be able to look at your phone in case you can't in case you need to concentrate on two things at once. Um, but you can't have like wish as a cantrip. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of my point. I mean, like you know, for example, if if you're someone that wants the combat wheelchair, get a combat wheelchair. Don't get you know a combat sedan. Yeah, and the wheelchair will level up with you. You can't have like flamethrowers at level one, probably. I mean, because it's technically your character. I mean, it's just being done through that device. Yeah. So I mean, for more or less, that that's like your focus if you're playing a spell class, for lack I'm of better terms. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so we've touched on this a little bit, but do you think there are like any cultural barriers in the D and D community community that make it like harder for people who have disabilities? There doesn't have to be. That's a good. There no, there doesn't there. have to be. But is there? Kind of. Yeah. You're that's talking the, about the wheelchair drama. We're talking yeah, about yeah. That's that's a really unfortunate thing. Is yes, there are cultural barriers to accessibility in tabletop games and it all comes down to the people who are just saying well we've never done that before so mm-hmm. we don't need to like like part of the whole discourse with the wheelchairs there are spells that can make you walk again why would you even want that why would you need that think about it from the point of view of the person who actually does need a wheelchair in order to ambulate period think about the person who was born that way with not being able to walk around they're not 
they're not familiar with interacting with the world from anything other than a seated position. And if you're trying to put them in a fantasy world, just let them do the thing that's making them comfortable. If they want to have that as part of their character, then let them. But then you got people who just walk around like, well, you know, I mean, if you can raise people from the dead, then why do you need that? I mean, you can just use, you know, greater restoration, fix anything. Look, read it right there. Or, you know, someone can cast wish and fix you up right there. Like just because they are in the chair doesn't mean they're broken for one. Like that's okay. That's but one even thing, to like, play on, you know, what you're saying, yeah, uh, greater restoration doesn't necessarily like regrow the functionality of, you know, your limbs. Mm. If they were messed up before, they're going to be messed up even after the spell. Right. I mean, even regrowth to that point is even a seventh level spell, and that's, you know, something that not everyone has access to. Right. And is not readily available. So even though there are like contents in the D and D world to you know, I, I guess justify as far as what you said, there's magic in that world. So why would you do that? Right. It's not readily available to the everyday it's expensive. player. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of things that make that argument stupid. And thank you for helping me show that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're all here to, you know, have fun as far as the game. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the problem is there are people who do not require accessibility, who have such a limited tunnel vision worldview that they think because they don't have this problem, no one should have this problem. They don't need this, so no, you don't either. Just do it the way they've been doing it and suck it up. That's their opinion. And it's stupid, it's wrong, and it speaks to a complete lack of empathy on their part. Just try to understand other people see things differently other people want to do things differently and if someone else needs to have that have to be able to say that their character uses a wheelchair to get around it has no effect on you or even just wants to like i play yeah. a wheelchair character that sounds like fun sure i wanted to play a blind character <laughs> oh that'd be really interesting yeah you know like yeah. a blind monk or something there you mm -hmm. go yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking yeah like daredevil <laughs> Yeah. Like Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you. I. I, I feel like I'm kind of you know going on the phrase here, beating a dead horse, but mm -hmm. you know yeah. the the rules are just the loose guideline. I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just that. I mean, D and D literally is a game that allows for that type of action, literally within the first pages of player hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like and the way I look at it is, I mean, I've had just this sounds like a tangent. I promise it's not. It connects back. I've had friends that you know just at some point in knowing them, like they've come out to me for like maybe something with they realized that they were not necessarily you know a certain gender or maybe mm -hmm. it is because they were just now telling people that they were gay. My reaction has been the same thing every time. Cool. Why? because it has no impact on me personally. I am there to support whatever it is they need to do because they are my friend. And if that is what, if that is how their life is, I'm okay, great, thanks for telling me. Do I need to change what I call you? No, great. You want tacos? Let's go get some fucking tacos. That's, th that is it. And it kind of comes down to the same thing here. If someone says, okay, well, I need to have my character be in a wheelchair. I really want my character to be in a wheelchair in order to like, just make it, more interesting for me great has no impact on me whatsoever if that's what you want to do you you do it you know you live whatever dream you want to live well the story let people have fun tacos for all tacos for all tacos for all unless you don't like tacos in which case you can have some you're wrong i mean about tacos <laughs> if you don't like tacos there's some there is something fundamentally wrong with you because the taco is a versatile culinary delight you can make almost anything inside of a taco you can make a fucking dessert taco you tell me that Did that's you? not glorious. I actually, no, I'm going to take that back. I like ice cream tacos. Yeah, Choco Taco Man. Yeah, Choco right. Taco Man. Um, okay, that is our time. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Don't be a dick and let people have fun. That's mine. I mean, there ain't really, uh, there are really no boundaries in D&D &D except the mm -hmm. ones you put in front of yourself. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you got a problem with it, it's because you're limiting literally yourself. Mm-hmm. There you go. We have learned tonight that there are no limits. People should be able to do what they want because it's a game where people should have fun. And if you want to fuck a goose, you should pray to Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, thank you to my lovely guests for joining me in this space. Another wonderful Tuesday. Tune in on Friday to see what the heck's going to happen next after they were done with the dragon thing. There's some Coraline stuff coming. Yeah, it's going to be a nice Perry episode probably. Um, And then please check out our backlog on our YouTube. We have all our episodes of everything. Check out our Twitch, check out our Discord. We have got lots of memes lots of stuff. Uh, check out our Patreon. I just posted some new stuff up there last week. So some cool behind the scenes things, which you might want to check out for only a buck. It's only a buck. Throw us a buck. Um, think of the savings. Think of the savings. Also, yeah. if you don't like watching stuff, check out the podcast. I work on that. There you go. I check demand validation. Podcast. Sorry, Chad. I forgot it's, about the podcast. It's fine. It's a good podcast. It's very popular. And where can we find the podcast? Everywhere podcasts are found. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, you know, I always want to say wherever podcasts are sold, but that's not right. Because... No, but it's been said before by a lot of people, so it fits. It's in the cultural zeitgeist. Use it. I'm dating myself by saying that. Anyway, check it out. Check everything out and tune in next week for more talking about things. Thank you to Sunbird and Lady Oz for doing our music and our wonderful logo. And I hope you all have a great night. Good night. Night.